Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Folland. Welcome to the final one of this season. And this episode is supported by AXA Business Insurance. Because let's face it, running a business by yourself is hard. So hurrah for AXA making something easy. You can tailor your policy to fit your business. So you only pay for what you actually need. And they give you access to a legal and tax helpline. There should you need it. Get cover for your work, your tools, your reputation. It feels better being protected being freelance work hard insure easy search axa business insurance and here's the growing up bit axa insurance uk plc is authorized by the prudential regulation authority and regulated by the financial conduct authority and the prudential regulation authority but right now let's find out what it's like being freelance for fashion photographer marcel adriana what i learned was never be afraid to test you always need to be creating new work so if sometimes you have to do something for free that's okay to do as long as it's something that's going to be beneficial for your book I have been drawn to a lot of people that I just necessarily click with and when I find those people that I click with I just like tend to just keep working with them and then the people that I work with just end up being my friends my mum literally likes to tell me that I'm a workaholic. She says to me all the time, you're like your dad, you're a workaholic. Because I just love my job. I worked so hard to make the thing that I loved my job. So now that I'm doing it, I'm just like, no, I just, I love this. I want to do this all the time. Yes, yeah, so there's Marcel. Her story coming up in a moment. Um, I recorded this a couple of weeks ago from my kitchen. <laughs> when I sounded a bit healthier than I do now. What's going on? It's the final one of this season. It's what? Just a couple of weeks before Christmas as this goes out. If you celebrate Christmas, I hope you have a good one. If you manage to get time off, I hope you enjoy your time off. Uh, Do come and hang out in the Being Freelance community, though. We're even doing like a Christmas co-work session and quiz, if you hear this in time, on Friday the 16th of December. Yeah, come find us in the Being Freelance community. Click community at beingfreelance.com. And not too late to treat yourself with our Being Freelance art print by previous guest of the podcast, Ashwin Chaco, and help raise money for UNICEF as well. Check out the shop at beingfreelance.com. All right, uh, I'm going to go back to a slightly echoey from my kitchen, but nevertheless healthier sounding version of me as we chat to this week's guest, and that is freelance fashion photographer based in London, Marcel Adriana. Hey, Marcel. Hey, Steve. As ever, how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance? I feel like this is so surreal me answering this question because I've heard it so many times. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit weird me hearing it in my ears. So I had to like really think about how I actually started. The best way to think about it would be in school. I started in secondary school, just taking pictures of my friends. So I used to take a camera to school. My godmother had given me some money um, for my birthday every year. And I used to get like a camera from the Argos catalogue and take it to school with me and take pictures of my friends. And this was like around the MySpace Bebo era. So I had started making like designs for my friends um, for their like MySpace profiles, for their Bebo profiles. And they used to give me this thing called love. It wasn't actually even money. It was like this online thing that they would give me. And that's that's what started everything. So from there, I fell into graphic design 
Um, Because I think a lot of people don't realise that I'm actually a photographer that went into design and then came back into photography again. So after school, I went to college and I studied graphic design properly and I liked it, but I only did it because I didn't get the grades to do photography. And I really actually wanted to do photography. So I used to go at lunch times and I used to look at all the photography students and I used to be so envious of them because I used to be able to shoot in the studio and I never got to. Um, so I worked really hard at graphic design. And it's funny because my college teacher, Arnie, he was just like, you're never going to go to uni. You're not going to to get the grades to go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So I was like, no, I'm going to prove him wrong. I'm going to go. And I did get the grades in the end. And I went. So I had started a YouTube channel between the ending of school and college time. So I used to be in like in my room, like my mum's room, recording these YouTube videos. My mum never used to like it because she was just like, you have my, my room on the worldwide internet for everybody to see. She used to get very frustrated with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing that for like a while. Um, and then it was time for me to go to university. So I ended up getting a place at UAL um, in London, which is an art university. And then I didn't go. I have no idea why I didn't go. I just decided not to, to take the place in the end. And I ended up going to De Montford University, which is a Nesta. So anyway, I go to De Montford University. While I was there, I did some more photography. So I ended up working in nightclubs. So that was really interesting for a while. Uh-huh. Um, Sorry, what was, what was your course? So I did photography and film. Because um, at the time I was really into film and I was like, I really like this. And then I did it for a couple of months and I was like, I hate this. I don't want to do this anymore. So eventually I did like one year, I finished my year and then I was like, I'm coming back home. And then UAL were like, well, we still want you. Could you come? So I was like, yeah, I'm going to come now um, and I'll do the, just the degree in photography. So I ended up coming back and started shooting with my friend. So she had asked me to shoot this modeling agency that she had started and I was a bit hesitant to do it because at the time I was just like I want to be a wedding photographer so at this point I was like okay cool I'd done press photography and I'd done the event photography when I was in Leicester and I was like all right now I want to be a wedding photographer so I started shooting the fashion stuff for her and building up my portfolio and it's just because people kept asking me to take pictures for them so I was like yeah sure so like a clothing brand here would ask me to take pictures and I'd be like okay cool and then someone would ask me to do their kid's birthday and I was like okay cool I'll do that and then I started getting my weddings so I that's what I really wanted to do so I was like having a great time like going to different countries shooting weddings coming home going to uni and I'm not gonna lie to you I didn't I was not going to uni I was not going to any of the classes but I did my work that's one thing I made sure I did I was like doing my work I was making sure my assignments were in in time um I was in the library but I just wasn't going to classes sorry you weren't going to classes because you were busy working I was yeah so I would tell yes I would tell my lecturers I was like look I'm not gonna lie to you I have a job I can't come into uni um but I make I'll make sure I get my work in on time um, and by the deadline so they were like they didn't, weren't really bothered about me because they knew that I was off, just off shooting something so they were quite <laughs> happy for me to do that so I was like okay cool so I was, was working as a wedding photographer for a bit and then what I found with wedding photography I really loved it but I was I used to get so anxious with like how important it was for me to be like 
having someone's wedding day be my responsibility and that mm-hmm. made me really anxious because like you can't mess this up so I was just like I, that aspect of it I didn't like um so eventually I was just like okay no I, I think I might have to stop doing this because I can't deal with how stressed I get on a wedding day so after I finished uni I had built up a book of fashion work so I literally had been shooting with my friend Abby um and we shot those three years together and we worked our way from like all up through all of the modeling agencies in London so we shot for every single agency and we were like right we're gonna get Storm we want Storm we want Models One and we're gonna get those so we worked and we shot our way through all of them and finally managed to get those and we're like oh mum I made it I did it and well no we didn't make it at that time because we still weren't making any money from it so Abby was just like Marcel I'm done being a makeup artist now I'm gonna go off and work in television I was like okay cool I'm going to stay doing this and I'm going to be a fashion photographer. She's like, all right, cool, we're going to do this. So from there, we started working together. So Abby used to like recommend me to a lot of people in the TV world. And I was obviously shooting like a lot of fashion. So I was working with more and more brands. So at this time, I was still only working part time as a photographer. um, And I was still working in retail. So I think I was working in House of Fraser. And one day I'd gone to my stepdad, like I didn't want to go in. I was like, I don't want to work in retail anymore. I was going into work and feeling so depressed because I was looking at pictures on Oxford Street of like all of these campaigns. And I was like, I know I can shoot that. I know I can shoot that. But I'm here working on the shop floor. And I was like, I hated it. So he was just like, if you don't want to go in, then don't. I was like, okay. And I didn't go back to work. So I was like, I'm quitting my job. I'm not going. So I didn't go back. Um... And I decided at that time, I was like, okay, cool. I still need some money to kind of stabilise myself in terms of being able to like work. Um, So let me use graphic design because I still remember how to do graphic design. I might need to reteach myself, but I'm going to do that. So I started this new portfolio. I worked on it like for a whole straight week. Um, And then after that, I got my first client who was a publisher's. And that's how I started freelancing in graphic design. So what I then did for the next couple of years is did a lot of design for different clients. So I got like clients like Sky, BBC, Subway, Ted Baker. I got all of these clients working with them in design. And then those kind of transferred over to photography. So while I was doing all of this, um, I was working really closely in music as well. Um, And like I said before, my makeup artist that I'd worked with previously, Abby, she was working in television. So she would recommend me to a lot of people as well. So by word of mouth from all of these jobs that I'd accumulated over the years from like doing loads of different things, um, I slowly built up a client base, which then brought me here today, where I now like I work full time as a fashion photographer. I still do a little bit of design here and there on the side. But yeah, that's how I got started freelancing. Wow. Okay, so much to ask you. One, one though, was that like you said that you decided to, you know, do graphic design. Mm-hmm. I guess making the most of the skills you had, despite the fact that you were focusing on photography, right? Yeah. You then casually said, yeah, so I ended up working for Sky, BBC, Ted Baker. Like, you can't just, <laughs> you, you can't just say that. Like, do you know what? It's because... That's just what happened in my mind. So I think sometimes when I say it to people, it doesn't 
they look at me a bit funny, but I, I'm just like, yeah, that that's how it happened, really. But, but how? Okay, but how did you end up not just doing graphic design, but working on graphic design projects? Like, was that for an agency or something? Like, how were you working on big global brands? So after I'd worked in retail, and while I was still kind of like trying to get my foot in graphic design. I ended up like having lots and lots of jobs. So I worked in PR. um, I worked as a receptionist. um, So I built up a lot of connections with different kinds of people in different industries. So from that, that's how I was able to kind of get connections in different kinds of brands. Um, And then eventually I did start working with like recruiters and agents who would then put me forward and put me in contact with different brands. Um, And then I was pitching as well, pitching myself to work with different people and different clients. So the big client stuff came through recruiters or agencies and stuff? So recruiters, agencies, people that I'd worked with in the past and pitches yeah goes to show you never know where those connections are going to lead you yeah no you don't I'm intrigued though you've got a dream to work in photography Mm -hmm. but part of you thinks okay but I've also got these graphic design skills I'll do that to earn money how did you know when you could let one go or was it a gradual process like how did that how did you you know like introduce you today and you're Marcel freelance fashion photographer easy as that but there was obviously a transition there was I think what's funny about the graphic design is I was never intending on doing it as long as I have I even still really do graphic a little bit of graphic design now but it's just just because I have worked with so many different brands in a design capacity still to this day a lot of people don't actually some people don't know I'm a fashion photographer and some people don't know I'm a graphic designer so it works both ways so sometimes I have clients that I've had in a photography sense and they don't know I'm a graphic designer or have my graphic design clients that don't actually know I'm a photographer so once they find out about the other skill they often want help with either one. How did you go about really developing yourself as a fashion photographer? Um I studied a lot of other photographers. So like one of the photographers that I like really loved through the beginning of my career was like Lara Jade. Um, and I, she used to teach a lot and do like educational workshops via her platform. Um, and a lot of what she said was a lot of like, keep shooting and shoot what you love and shoot what you like, but make sure that you're niching down gradually as you go. Try stuff. And then if you like something, keep with it. Um, that's something that I learned from Sue Bryce as well who's another f- a photographer that I really liked and as I was going I was like learning the different things that I liked and I'd be like I'd try that and I'd be like okay I didn't like that very much and I stopped and then I'd try something else didn't like that very much and I stopped but with the fashion it's something that I was like okay cool I really like this so I just kept doing it I was just like okay that's my goal that's what I want to do but I've always kind of been like that where I'm like I'm gonna do what I want and <laughs> I'm that's what I'm going to stick with. So how would you say you find your clients today or they find you? So yeah, it works that way as well. So sometimes they might find me, but sometimes I still like pitch. Um, sometimes it might be a previous client that I've worked with design-wise. That I'm like, okay, I'll work with them design-wise. I'd really love to shoot something for them. Um, I do have some lovely agents that help me also find work that I work with. Um and social media has been like a huge part of 
my career. Um, I documented everything in my journey from like my Bebo days to my Tumblr days, my MySpace days to Instagram, YouTube. So a lot of different people have found me throughout my journey. And that's how also I've gained a lot of clients too. So what does a sort of work week or work month look like for you now? Absolutely manic, Steve. Absolutely manic. <laughs> um, it can it changes. Uh, it can be me being in a studio for a couple of days, me retouching a couple of days, me doing some marketing here and there, me working on something with the girls for my agency. Every day is different. I don't know what one week to the other is going to look like, which is always fun. But yeah, there's no like set structure. My life is what I like to call is very much wide. <laughs> and do you ever have to sort of collaborate or hire other people? Or do you get brought into work on, you know, you've this is your sole thing? So in the early days, um, starting out, it was very much like me working on other people's projects. Um, but as of recent, because of how my business is going and like um I've had to outsource a lot of my stuff and learn how to like let go of like some of the things that I just don't have the capacity to do anymore um so a couple of months ago I actually started my first agency with some of my friends I've been working with for a couple of years so my stylist that I've been working with we started a um creative agency um so we now work on our own projects um and we bring in other creatives to work on them with us and I still have projects where other people bring me in um, as a creative to work on their projects. You've created an agency with a, a friend. Is is that got a separate name? Is it a separate entity? Yeah. So our agency is called Akuko. Um, so it's a creative agency. So we work across photography, um, graphic design, branding, strategy, um, web design. What was your thinking about starting that? Um, I think it was a lot of the fact that we've worked together for so many years, myself and my um, partner, Ebony, and she's kind of moved off into a different realm in terms of being like creative and more of the influencer side of things. Um, and I kind of wanted to really let go of graphic design. Um, and the agency was a way that I could still have the graphic design there, but kind of have a team work on the projects that I just no longer have the capacity to do but my clients still want me to like work on different things so maybe I it's a little bit of me just not being able to say no to things and still wanting to be able to help people out on projects <laughs> yes that's interesting <laughs> so that thing of um you don't quite want to let go of that graphic design edge is that because you enjoy it or because it's just like that thing of turning down work, turning down money? I think it's, I do enjoy it. I think I enjoy um, the branding side of photography. And it's also even like video too, because I do di do directing as well. Um, but I don't have the capacity to do video and filming. Um, so my little brother actually works with me in terms of like the video size of things um, and does that. So it's just, I think if, I'd love to like be able to work on the projects but more of in terms of a creative direction side of things as opposed to more hands-on in like the day-to-day -day like role of being an actual designer. And so, you know, if I look at your Marcel Adriana website and 
see that you've, you know, you work with Gucci or Harrods or, uh, you know, and so on. Huge brands. Uh, are we still saying that a lot of those will come through agency or through these connections that go back years? So, yeah, so it's it, that's both. So with Gucci, I we were able to work with Gucci through my friend Clara, who's actually a model, um, and I met Clara at university. <laughs> um, so that's how that happened. So when she when I first met her, she really wanted to be a model. So we ended up like taking some of her um, first pictures and then she ended up getting signed. Um, and then she came to me with the Gucci project and we shot it. Um, so it works both ways, really. So actually, all those, because I remember early on in this, you saying that you, you know, were working your way through the modelling agencies, but mm-hmm. you weren't actually making money no. as such. But that has paid off in the long run. It definitely has. Um, it allowed me to build, like, to find, like, my team, my core people that I love working with. Um, and through networking, just accidentally and us just doing stuff that Luke we genuinely loved because we worked so long without being able to get paid and stuff um it was really like photography was really a labor labor of love for us so now that we're just like able to do stuff and get paid for it it's literally a plus for us because we would we were doing it for so long without seeing any kind of monetary gain from it it's intriguing you know like when you hear about People saying, oh, you shouldn't work for free. You shouldn't work for free. But actually, perhaps there's a point in a career where you're building up experience, Mm -hmm. building up a portfolio, building a network where you might choose to work for free, um, which is kind of what this sounds like. But then I'm also wondering at what point you then stop that and say, no, actually, (laughs) I you need to pay me now. Yeah. No, and I don't, I think, so like, for example, I've been um, kind of, sh- like my brother's been shadowing me um, for the last two years and stuff, working with me on set. And that's something that I've been teaching him. And I was just like, what I learned from Lara Jade was never be afraid to test. Um, you always need to be creating new work. So if sometimes you have to do something for free or just do something collaboratively with with the team, that's okay to do, as long as that it's something that's going to be beneficial for your book. So I would always make sure that if I was going to do anything for free, I was more than happy to do that, but it needed to be something that I was actually really passionate about, or it was going to be beneficial for my book. Mm. So how long have you been full-time freelance? So I've been full-time freelance for five years. But and that's as a mixture of graphic design and photography. Yeah, so that would be that would be a dead mixture of graphic design. Yeah, that's really nice about working with your your brother as well, yeah. and clearly with so many of your friends and stuff o- over time. Like, what what do you think makes a good collaboration? Does it always work out? You don't have to name names. No, I think <laughs> I think it's for me anyway. Personally, I don't know if like, I think from what I've heard and seen from other people it, it doesn't necessarily always work out but for me I have been drawn to a lot of people that I just necessarily click with and when we I find those people that I click with I just like tend to just keep working with them um, and then the people that I work with just end up being my friends so it works for me in that way 
But I think when you're working with people, especially with stuff like shoots and stuff, I think it's that ha- to have a really good energy on set and just all of you like, be really like genuinely friends and friendly and just have a good vibe and atmosphere. I think it's so important. You can create some amazing work um, when you have energy like that um, on a set as well. Mm. How have you got on with the business side of being freelance? Uh, the business side. My dad's going to listen to this and roll his eyes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so my dad is actually like my manager. Um, he's been my, like, he's managed kind of my um, freelance career, my business career um, since I started when I was like 17. So everything that I've done, I've kind of run by him. He's actually been a contractor for most of my life. Um, and run his own businesses. So I kind of get all of my advice for him. He studied accounts. So he's been able to kind of guide me in terms of like the money side of the business and how I should be structuring everything. And because he's a project manager, he's been able to kind of like really just help me in terms of how I need to structure my business and what I need to do and how I need to maneuver everything. So I've been really blessed in, in being able to have him um, in my career can you remember any key bits of advice that he he's given you oh yes I can the only place success comes before work is in a dictionary and I think that's been the theme for my life he's told me that ever since I was really young I think that's why I'm a workaholic today but yeah <laughs> I always feel like I should be saying wise things to my kids and I fear that <laughs> <laughs> I imagine them, you know, in 15, 20 years time being on a podcast and, and them maybe asking that same question and I'm going, nah, nothing. <laughs> he made a pretty good chilling meatballs and used to moan at us for not practicing the piano, but nah, I can't really think of anything else. I oh, know, I'm sure they, I'm sure they're something Steve. <laughs> <laughs> with Marcel in a moment but I'd just love to tell you that support for this episode also comes from IPSE I-P-S-E they are the Association for the Independent Professionals Self-Employed they represent freelancers in the UK to government but there's lots more reasons to be part of a community hanging out with other people all the learning stuff they have on from their various events all the templates they have on their website all the information that will help you uh, get set up and progress for your business and the benefits the perks like saving money on your tech or even just your shopping. And they also have the National Freelancer Awards and the National Freelancers Day, their big event, where... Oh my gosh, do you know what? (laughs) I just logged into their website, uh, ipsy.co.uk, and noticed there's actually a picture of me at National Freelancers Day on their homepage. How have I never noticed that? My eye just caught this bloke in a yellow jumper and I was thinking, oh, that's a nice yellow jumper. And then I realised it's my yellow jumper. (laughs) Yeah, National Freelancers Day, which is well worth checking out as well. A great way to meet people and to learn to boot. Thank you very much to Ipsy for supporting this season of Being Freelance. Make sure you find out all about them, particularly if you're in the UK. Ipsy is ipse.co.uk. Right, back to Marcel's story. You say you're a workaholic though. Yeah, my mum, she likes to tell me that I'm a workaholic. She says to me all the time, you're like your dad, you're a workaholic. Um, Because I just love my job. I worked so hard to make 
the thing that I loved my job so now that I'm doing it I'm just like no I just I love this I want to do this all the time but workaholic suggests you're working all the time is that the case or do you have like quiet spells within like the rhythm of uh, your photography business so this year I've got coached by my business coach Harry and she's really kind of like drummed the importance of like rest and taking time off um for me because I don't tend to do that a lot I haven't previously tend to do like a lot but this year I have so like even like yesterday um which was Sunday I got shouted at um by my co-partner Ebony for work and she saw that I was working and she's like Marcel it's Sunday why are you working um so I have made the conscious decision to try like not work but with like I said with the photography and graphic design where you have like slow seasons in photography sometimes which is usually like the summer when everyone goes away those are the times where graphic design gets really busy because everybody is away so they need a lot of graphic design support um in-house so what can tend to happen from that is as I'm just working like full force throughout the year um but this is the kind of first year that I haven't necessarily done that and I've just taken a lot of like needed time off to avoid burnout but you're working with a business coach. Yes, Harry. It's a group coaching program that she has where I work with a lot of other ladies that work within um, the creative industry. So like makeup artists, um, stylists and other photographers as well. How are you finding that? So it's been really good. Um, we had it scheduled in for a six month stint, um, which is how she runs the program. Um, and since it's finished and been wrapped up we've kept the program kind of going with just us ladies and it's just been so nice to have um, other people that work in the industry that we can kind of like bounce off of um, and talk to each other about like with different things in our businesses Um, if we're ever having any trouble with not knowing something or not understanding something or just needing that like support from somebody else that um, understands what it's like to run a business and the kind of industry that we work in as well because it can get like lonely sometimes being freelance and not necessarily having other people that understand how your life is kind of set up. Yeah. I was wondering that though, because you seem to collaborate a lot and mm. you've got, uh, well, you mentioned your dad, for example, working for himself. But it's interesting. So you still find though, despite all of that, that, you know, that doesn't mean that all of your friends get it. The fact that, you know, ultimately you're still there doing it by yourself. Yeah, no, definitely. I think because it's everybody around me, even though we work together, it may be still different in terms of like my friend Abby, she works in television. She still contracts, but she doesn't necessarily work in my field. So we might be able to like understand each other in terms of just being freelance, but it differs so much in terms of like the day to day and the different nuances between the different things that we both do. Yeah. Sorry, just one moment because I can hear the cat going. <laughs> but to be fair, I'm sitting in the room where all her food is and <laughs> cat litter tray. So hang on. See the way that cat oh, talks to me? Not to, <laughs> I'll tell you what. 
just really telling me off. Like, what the hell? I've been moaning at that door for ages and you didn't open it. <laughs> uh, okay, where were we? Um, oh, yeah. And are you someone who has goals? Yes, definitely. That's another thing that my dad's always said to me. People don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. So he's always stressed the importance of me having a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, a 20-year plan, a 30-year plan um, of the different things I kind of want to do um, and how I can work towards them. Can I ask what your 30-year plan is? Uh, so my 30-year plan. <laughs> so what, what decade of your life are you in? So I'm in my... I'm in my um, my 30th year now uh okay so we're going forward 30 years towards 60 which i guess is towards traditional retirement mm-hmm. what's your 30 year plan um so i would have wanted to retire long before that long before <laughs> i got to 60 <laughs> i won't be working until then um i'd like to be out the game by then but i think by then my plan is to have been like back home so we have like a house in jamaica um I would like to go back home and just be there and just really enjoy being old and just chilling because I talk to my nan all the time and she's like, she wished she just like travelled the world um, and just use that time just to travel and see and just enjoy life and enjoy family at that time. So by that time, I don't want to be working. So yeah, I have to put a lot of things in place for that to happen. What a brilliant, I'm glad I asked that. It sounds like a brilliant plan. (laughs) And how about the way you put yourself out online now? You've clearly always been, you know, into various different platforms. Yeah. Uh, as they've sort of come and gone. Uh, rest in peace. You know, my <laughs> um, but where where do you put your time and effort in being visible in that way now? Um, I think. I've had to try and be a little bit intentional of where like I post. I think Instagram has been such like a like main part of my business in terms of even like where I've gotten business from and like how often like I post. I show up on Instagram quite a fair bit. LinkedIn is like relatively new for me, but that's also a place that I like I like to try and show up on as well. Um, my website is a huge part of where I have to like make sure I'm maintaining and showing up. Um, and posting on Facebook kind of died out for me I still try to post as much as I can um as well as like YouTube but TikTok is the new thing where I'm like I'm trying to it, trying to maintain it but it's just it's cause so many different platforms I'm like Ugh. it's hard to try mm. and keep them all like running continuously and be consistent with posting um on all of them but I do try and schedule out stuff so that even if when I'm not posting or I, I, don't, I just can't post because I'm really busy things are scheduled to still go up so it's still running without me do you do lots of like yeah you know, I, I guess like you know like stories where you're on camera or do you just let your work do the talking is it behind the scenes type stuff like what, what do you tend to do so I try to I try to show up I need to show up more on like my work page so I have like two Instagrams so like my business coach Harry she's like Marcel you have way too many Instagrams so I have like <laughs> my main Instagram um which is Selly and then I that's where I just post everything so like behind the scenes just my life um just normal general like day-to-day stuff and then I have like my business page I don't necessarily like show me as much on over there it's more like just focused on the work um and then I have my brand page because I have a hair brand as well um 
where I tried to like post stuff on there too um so yeah I try to show up when I'm posting my face when I'm posting my face but often it's not necessarily like I'm not able to do that so I'll still be just posting stuff that I'm just interested in um and my followers seem to like it so that's what I do you just said you have a hair brand yeah I have a um a hair and beauty brand that I started in the pandemic as well so was that as a result of photography work drying up or just because you couldn't help yourself like how a hair brand (laughs) how does that happen so this also stems back to my tumblr days um whereas like I used to post a lot of self-portraits so that's actually how like I was able to kind of hone my skills in photography um and learn how to shoot a lot better in fashion I used to use myself so from there I got known um on tumblr for my hair um so a lot of people used to ask me where do you get where do you get like this hairstyle from like how do you do this like what products do you use and stuff like that and people would ask me constantly um and a lot of the time I get um things shipped from other countries um so it's not necessarily really accessible for people to get here like in London or sometimes like some of my followers are from different countries so I was just like you know what I'm just gonna start like a little shop so that you guys can be able to buy the things that I use for my hair and it just be in one place so you're not going here there and everywhere um and that's how it started it was literally only for a couple of people my a few of my friends that really wanted it and then it kind of like grew into like a thing and then like it was getting posted in L and I was really confused I was like how did this grow so quickly which was like mad but yeah that's how I started my hair brand (laughs) wow which which goes to show this sort of entrepreneurial thing in you right because most people just go oh yeah you want a recommendation it was this thing they don't think i know what i could do i could buy a job lot of that and then sell it on and yeah i mean my vendors were super happy to like send me stuff they were like yeah we'll send you whatever um and you can give it to your followers that they were more than happy to do that um and it made sense and because I already do that with a lot of the brands that I work for I have a pref had a preference in design to work with fashion and beauty brands um so like working with boots and stuff like that I learned kind of how to build websites how to do the branding how to do the marketing because I worked with those departments the most um so yeah I was just like okay cool I'll just do this what's the name of your hair brand so it's called Sally's Curls Sally's, so if I look at that, Sally's Curls. Oh my God, here we go. That's so cool. Yeah, it's it's my little baby, I call it my little baby brand. How much of your time, is it just you working on that? Like how much of your time does working on that take? So I also like work with my team on it as well, because they also have like brands that they have. Some of them like have eyelash brands and they do influences in as well so a lot of them just collaborate with me some of the models that I've worked with on like previous shoots they'll help me out um and they'll work with me shooting some of the campaign stuff so yeah it's a lot of like my friends just working with me on the brand um my brother too he works with me and he helps out with doing stuff for the brand as well well we'll put a link of course being com. <laughs> no wonder you struggle to take a day off yeah <laughs> okay now Marcel I always do this thing 
were asked for three facts about yourself to make two true, one a lie, and let me figure out the lie. What have you got for me? Okay. My first one, I met Beyonce. My second one is during my time I was shooting bedroom photography, I stayed in this house um, and it was haunted and it was really, really creepy. It was in France and I saw a ghost. I was literally on the phone to my boyfriend and I'd lost my iPad at the time and I was just like, babe, a ghost has literally just walked past. Like, I kid you not. Um, So that was really crazy. (laughs) And then my last one was when I was in Leicester, one night I went to like a nightclub when I lived there um, and Skepta was randomly there and I ended up having a photo shoot with him. So yeah, that was really wild. Right, photo shoot with Skepta, who's like a rapper? Yeah. All right. Now, this is interesting because you've gone for two celebrities and a ghost. Um, I mean, Skepta sounds more plausible than Beyonce. So where did you meet Beyonce? I met Beyonce randomly. Um in Piccadilly with the rest of Destiny's Child. What? Yeah. Piccadilly Circus in London? hmm How did Destiny's Child happen to be ra- randomly in Piccadilly Circus? Well, I was shopping after school one day with my sister um, and my two friends from school. I, there was a guy and he was just like, oh my gosh, Beyonce and Destiny's Child are here. And we were like, really? So we went around the corner and they were literally like just there. I was like, oh, wow. She asked me how school was and everything. What? No, she didn't. I'm, I swear to you, she asked So you went up and said, so there wasn't a massive crowd or anything? Um, there were a few people. Most definitely. So I was just like, oh, hi. She was really, really nice. <laughs> well, I hope that's true. I'm not sure it is. Hang on. So next year in a haunted house, you meet a French ghost. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the French for ghost is. A ghost? A ghost. <laughs> uh, a phantom. Phantom, actually, maybe it is a phantom. Is it? Phantom? Phantom. Apologies to all the French listeners. (laughs) Um, Especially if you're dead and a ghost. Uh, Okay. (laughs) What did the French ghost do? Literally just walked past. It was like this little boy. And I was like, I was so creeped out because my clients at the time, they bought me some sushi. So I was literally just chilling on the sofa. And it was just like a nice old house. Um, but it was just me there, the makeup artist that was staying with me at the time, like she wasn't even there. And it was this little boy in a cap and he literally just walked past me and I was literally like crying on the phone to my boyfriend. So I was so oh terrified. Okay, if that is true, that is actually really freaky. Yeah. A little boy in a cap. I kind of didn't believe you until you described a little boy in a cap and now that feels true, weirdly. Okay, and then you ended up, what, taking photos of Skepta? So yeah, I was in this nightclub that it was like a local nightclub in Leicester, but Leicester's like a really like small place, like no one really goes there. Um, and he just randomly, man, like he was just there with a couple of his friends in a corner and I was just like, oh, can we take some pictures? And he's like, yeah, sure. So we ended up having like a photo shoot. It was really nice. Okay. I'll be, a- I don't believe Beyonce. And yet I don't believe the ghost. I believe Skepta. So I'm going to be gutted if that's a lie. Beyonce, I mean, that is brilliant if it's true. But it just seemed, she asked you how school was, I mean, that's very polite of her. Maybe she would. Oh, I don't know. Every time Beyonce comes up in this, it's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Beyonce has been in quite a lot of stories. (laughs) It always seems to end up being a lie. 
In fact, now I'm beginning to doubt myself. Maybe some of them have been true. There was somebody who was in a Beyonce video, and now I'm thinking, but was he? I can't even remember how that one worked out. <laughs> oh, Steve. Oh, I don't know. That's no. I'm. That's a lie. That's a lovely story. Probably works out time-wise with Destiny's Child and you being at school. But even so, I think that's a lie. Ah, or well, Steve. On this occasion, I've got it wrong. Beyonce was actually true. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. So what was the lie? So the The lie was the haunted house. Yes, the ghost. (sighs) (laughs) Gutted. Um, Okay. Now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? I would just say keep going. You're going to have bad days. It's going to be rough. But keep going, keep shooting. Um, And keep believing in yourself. Because a lot of people are going to say no and that you can't do it. But keep going. I think that's what I would tell my younger self about being freelance. And have you taken any photos which have ended up in shop windows? I have. I have a few. Yes. But not the brand that I want yet. <gasps> Go on. Who do you want to take a photo for and get it in the shop window? So I used to Let's work... manifest it, Yes, Marcel. Let's, let's, let's. Let's make it real. <laughs> So I used to work in Dune. This is another shop on Oxford Street that I used to work in before I did the House of Fraser job. So I would say if I could do a Dune campaign and it be in the shop window in Oxford Street, the one that I used to work in, I'm 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 fine. I'll die a happy woman. This gonna happen. It's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen. Um... Marcel, it's been really nice to speak to you. Uh, I'm so glad that you replied to my email. Uh, <laughs> when I originally wrote, you you didn't actually believe it was a real email. No, I didn't. <laughs> you ignored the email because you thought, well, that's not a real email. Uh, Steve, I didn't think it was you. <laughs> I'm honoured that you think that the Being Freelance podcast has reached a level in the world that scammers pretend to be me. But I'm... <laughs> That's one hell of a niche scam. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, Steve? Is because I've listened to the podcast. Like when I was freelancing, I was doing my design jobs and stuff like that. It's your podcast that I used to listen to while I was working. So for you to email me, I was just like, wait, something's not right here. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's nice. Oh, it's nice for you used to listen, though. Yeah, a lot. Were, were there any that sort of stuck with you? Yes. And that I I probably played like a lot of I feel the Penny Winsome episode, the lot of those views are mine. Listen to them, they're me, listen to it again and again and again and again. Um I had written to Penny and she'd give me some advice. So what? So after you heard the episode? Yeah. After I heard the episode, a cup I wanna say like at least a year after I heard it, um, I went back and I listened to it again to like understand her journey and how she was able to navigate things. Because I know Penny assisted a lot um, in her journey. And that's something that I didn't necessarily do. So I was kind of figure, trying to figure out how to get an agent, how that worked, how to get more work. And then through emailing her, she kind of came back to me. And then like not too long after, she had come back to me and given advice. Like I got, my, I got signed myself. Um, so yeah. Oh, how lovely. Hats off to Penny. Yeah. And to you, for that matter, to reaching out to her, though. No, Penny's really nice. Really lovely lady. Really nice. Penny Winter episode, that is, if you want to go back and listen to one from way back. Anyway, 
This is about you, Marcel. Thank you so much. Maybe somebody else will now reach out to you, some uh, photographer somewhere who's listening to this while stacking shelf somewhere. Um, really lovely to talk to you. Go to beingfreelance.com, click on the links. I'll try and gather all of the various things that Marcel is working on so that you can go and find her and what she's up to. So that's at beingfreelance.com. And of course, there's over 280 episodes. So knock yourself out. Go take a look back wherever you found this. And if you've enjoyed it and never left a review before, please do think about leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. That would help out as well. But for now, Marcel, thanks so much and all the best being freelance. Thank you so much, Steve, for having me. Yeah, so there is Marcel. Thank you very much. Um, She was a lot of fun to chat to. And that's it. We're done for another season. Thank you so much to all the guests from season 18 for chatting to me. For that matter, all the way across this year, if you've not heard them yet, go back, catch up. There's not a duff one. They're all good. They're all worth listening to. And remember, it doesn't matter what they do for a living. It's all about the being freelance. So it doesn't matter if the thing they do isn't what you do. Uh, far from it I think and if you're new to freelancing check out the course of course beingfreelance.com and whatever stage you're at come join us in the community you're not alone being freelance just click the link at beingfreelance.com lots more exciting things to come in 2023 I will see you for a brand new season in January when we'll be heading towards episode 300 as well if you're listening to this as it goes out I hope you have a very lovely few weeks ahead of you and i'll see you for a new one in the new year all the best being freelance